You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella. I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 227 of the Canadians Connection Podcast, and I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the editor-in-chief, the founder, and the president of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. And Rick, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Um, I, it's been busy, uh, but I'm doing great yeah. so far. Uh, what a busy week. Uh, lots of news uh, and and a bit of a bombshell this morning uh, for Montreal Canadiens fans. And um, we're going to get to all of that uh, today on a, a, a pretty jam-packed podcast. Yeah, uh, bombshells this morning, bombshells pretty much all week. Uh, we'll get to it all for you. Uh, starting things off here, uh, we're going to give you a general update of everything that happened in the Habs news over the past week, including uh, the few games that went down. In segment two, uh, we're going to break down Kent Hughes's 40-minute press conference, uh, take a deep d- dive on that, uh, let you know all the important points and our thoughts on that. And in segment three, it's a have your say segment. Uh, The Canadians Connection question of the week is, do you approve of the job Kent Hughes has done to manage the rebuild in his first year? We want to hear from you. And uh, of course, if uh, you want to reach out, Rick, what is the best way for people to do so? Uh, You can text us 5853ROCKET, 5853ROCKET. Anytime, 24 hours a day, send us a text. You might have a little more to say, though, than a text, uh, than you can fit in a text. So how about sending us an email at info at allhabs.net? Yeah, we love hearing from our listeners. And also, please make sure you also reach out to us on our social media. It's uh, at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, you can check out our website, canadiansconnection.com. Uh, make sure you also check out our comprehensive game previews and post-game recaps for every Montreal Canadiens game at allhabs.net. This past week, there were four games, and, uh, well, they split them. Uh, going back all the way to January the 14th, uh, Montreal takes a trip to see the New York Islanders. Uh, great game for uh, Samuel Montembeau. Bit of a slow game overall, uh, but uh, Montreal comes away with a loss. 2-1, uh, to one, the New York Islanders win. But the next day... Montreal went to visit the other New York team in the Rangers, and they win 2-1. to one. Uh, 
Uh, I must say, another pretty good game for Montembeau there. Uh, tied 1-1 going into the third period. Caulfield scores the go-ahead goal, and that was all they needed for that one. Yeah, and uh, in that game against the, the Rangers, Nick Suzuki, uh, a goal, first one uh, in uh, just less than a month. Uh, Cole Caulfield, uh, not bad. And, and Yol Armia looked pretty good on the first line, brings that size, that possession game, digging pucks, uh, and, uh, and, and assisted on uh, Caulfield's 26th uh, goal of the season. A couple days later in Winnipeg on the 17th, Montreal scores four. Winnipeg gets one. Pretty fun game to watch, actually. Uh, two assists for Barron, uh, two goals for Dadnov. That's his third and fourth goal of the season. Didn't think he was going to do that. Uh, probably his best game of the year so far. Uh, Montreal really showed off their offensive talent. Uh, three goals in the second period. Probably a bit of an off night for uh, Connor Hellebuck and net for the Winnipeg Jets. But uh, hey, I'll take it. Nice win. Uh, the Jets, um, they they had a well. Uh, Rick Bonus said it; they were bad in all aspects, and and I think the players agreed. I have to agree. It uh, the Jets just uh, didn't have the 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 skating, didn't have the composure. Uh, it, they they they're a very good team this year, um, and they didn't look like it on this night. the The interesting thing for me was all the secondary scoring. Uh, typically, we, you know, the the Canadians have been relying on uh, Cole Caulfield on on Nick Suzuki to get it done, but uh, the 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 goal scoring got spread around, and um, Justin Barron uh, named first star um, with his parents uh, in the uh, Bell Center uh, to watch him first time for, uh, watching him for an NHL game, and his brother on on the other side of uh, the ice playing for the Jets, so. A uh, great game for Justin Barron. Yeah, I was going to say a little bit of sibling rivalry, uh, trying to steal the spotlight from his brother there. So good on him. Hopefully he can keep that up going forward. Uh, but uh, the big disaster game, Thursday night, the 19th, Florida 6, Montreal 2. Um, Habs, I felt like they had a nice opportunity uh, to score quite a few goals that night as uh, Florida's goalie Bobrovsky went down early with an injury. It was Alex Lyon that took over the net. Lion looked pretty good. I have to give him credit, uh, but it seemed like uh, this game was all about the Panthers. Uh, they scored five in the second period. Uh, Montembeau was pulled, so Primo ended up going in. Habs were 0-5 on the power play and 4 for 8 on the pen penalty kill. Uh, Rick, I know there are plenty of other storylines in this one. I'll uh, let you start that off. Yeah, and, and just uh, as far as the goaltending, AHL goaltending all around, <laughs> whether, <Yeah>. whether Alex <laughs> Lyon or Caden Primo or... Um, you know, Montembeau, uh, it was, it was, uh, yeah, the goaltending at, you're right about Alex Lyon. He, he came in and, and certainly wasn't expecting to come in, uh, just a couple minutes into the game. Um, and his first start in the NHL this year, um, he looked shaky early on and he was all over the place, but, but, uh, regained some composure and looked pretty good after that. Uh, Sam Montembeau, uh, he didn't look good at all, um, and and yes, the uh, it, it was the the tone was set early as far as the physical nature of the game. There are some leftover feelings uh, from uh, the previous game um, and uh, the previous time the, these folks met, uh, these two teams met, and um, I guess. Um, 
none other than than uh, Mike Matheson. Uh, that was just an ugly, 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 a uh, dirty play. Uh, the reverse hit. Um, Eric Stahl nowhere near the puck, um, and and unsuspecting. Um, and uh, he was injured and left the game. Did not return. Uh, Matheson unpenal- was not penalized uh, during the game. And that incensed uh, the Panthers, and and then you know, there was kind of a, a complete breakdown on uh, after that, um, and there was some nasty stuff, just 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 nasty stuff. Um, Gudis going after uh, Kirby Doc's knee, he missed, and and uh, fortunately, uh, but uh, Sam Bennett uh, connected on knee to knee with. Uh, Jordan Harrison and, and that could have been um could have been devastating. Uh he was penalized for that but um uh, Jordan Harris seems seemed okay. But it it you know there was fights, <laughs> there was there was uh scrums, there was uh nasty stuff. Um it was just uh, an an ugly game all around. Yeah, I think the real turning point for this game was probably a bit of a risky coaching challenge for a Florida goal. Uh, could have been goaltender interference, but also like looking at the replay, might, that might have been a bit of a stretch. I understand that uh, goaltender interference—you never really know—and uh, sometimes you know, yeah, you just you take your best shot at it. But uh, unfortunately, it was uh, not called goalie interference. And uh, Rick, I know you weren't too happy with uh, Martin St. Louis decision to challenge that goal. No, I, I, I wasn't. And, and listen, um, uh, you know, we know that, that uh, goaltender interference calls are, you know, it, it, they're really hard to predict. This one wasn't in my mind. Um, I know that, that folks say that, uh, that uh, Kachuk was was in the way. Well, um, Kachuk didn't initiate contract uh, contact. He was standing, um, and um, it 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 was a case where um, Sam Montembeau. I mean, if, if we put everything in context, we know they have been working with him um, because he he's a goalie that. Uh, tries to to uh, be athletic, and and you see, you know how quiet Carey Price is in the net, and his movements are measured. Sam Montebo is not; he's all over the place, and he he has been worse in the past where he'd overplay uh, an angle. His positioning was bad. Um, he'd challenge. He'd go out way too far, and 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 Sam Montembeau gives up a ton of rebounds, so then wouldn't be able to get back. And they've worked with him to play. Um, ask him to to stress with him how important it is, given the style that he plays, uh, to be deep in the net. Um, and in this situation, all of that kind of went out the window. Um, he uh, Sam Montembeau came way out, challenged uh, Alexander Barkov, made the save, but gave up a, a big rebound. Um, and then Sam Reinhart was was left with uh, the gaping net. Um, Matthew Kachuk was parked, and you could see that you could see the the thought process. Montembeau knew he, there was no way there, there was just no way physically for him to get back in the net. He dove. He he, he went in the direction of Kachuk, not the puck, not the puck, not the net. He went in the the 
direction of of Kachuk and then took that 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 dive where he fell as if he would had been shot kind of thing you know you know the thinking there um you know what's the what's the de- definitive um proof the canadians weren't terribly upset with this when asked afterwards um it, it was it was uh, marty st louis who said well, some goalie challenges are, are black and white. This one was pretty gray. I don't know. I, I, I didn't, I, you know, it wasn't clear. Um, hell, I thought I'd take a chance. I thought I'd take a shot. Didn't work out. Um, I, I'm going to have to be more cautious, more calculating, more strategic in my, um, in my challenges in the future. My mistake, I'll learn. Sam Montembeau said, uh, yeah, I really would have liked to have had that, but, you know, kind of a gray one. Um, He didn't put up too much of a fuss either. So you know that um, if if this was something they believed in passionately, that they had, you know, there was some great injustice, uh, the response would have been much, much different from St. Louis and Montembeau. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, just a, a strange play all around. I, I personally was a little bit surprised to see that they put the challenge down on that one, but uh, I don't know. Some maybe uh, if they wait, if it was a playoff game, maybe it would have been uh, called a little bit different. You never know. I know how uh, all those goalie interference calls go in the playoffs. So, but, and, uh, and the difficulty was that once once uh, you make the challenge, then then. The Canadians had to defend the penalty, um, yeah, and yeah. and didn't. Um, and instead of uh, being down one goal, they're down two. Um, and it was, um, you know, that that was, you know, the 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 Matheson on on um, Eric Stahl was kind of the trigger that started everything else. But but that that failed goalie challenge was the turning point in the game, in my opinion. Yeah, perhaps it comes down to just making those timely challenges uh, at that point in the game. Uh, perhaps Montreal still could have been in it if it wasn't for the preceding power play goal. And uh, I mentioned their penalty kill not great that night. Uh, only four for eight. It took a lot of penalties just in general. So well, and we should mention the the penalty killing, which hasn't been great this season. Um, but now is without Jake Evans and and Yola Armia who have been uh, injured, and since they have been out of the lineup, um, the Canadians are running at 50% on the, on the penalty kill, which is, is dr- dreadful. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, the, the, the Marty St. Louis has been trying all kinds of, of combinations. Um, you know, Christian Dvorak's been out there a little bit longer. Nick Suzuki's been on, on the penalty kill Kirby Doc uh, has been killing penalties, and actually, um, when he's been out there, um, I think he has about three minutes in penalty kill time so far. Um, he, the Canadians haven't given up a goal when he's been out there, but um, yeah, it's it's uh, a bit of a mishmash as far as the penalty kill units right now. Missing Yol Army and Jake Evans, and you know, um, fans are, are quick to say, "Well, you know, what does Jake Evans? What is?" What does Jake Evans do when he's in the lineup? Um, very critical of Yoel Army. Well, they penalty kill, uh, and um, and uh, it's been much more difficult for the Canadians since they've been injured. Yeah, and there is a big slew of injuries we'll get to uh, in just a second here. 
Uh, the Canadians' record right now, 19-24-3. That's 41 points, and they're 26 in the NHL, so certainly uh, not tanking as hard as they once were, but uh, make sure you check out all the Habs notepads and the Habs features as posts appear regularly at allhabs.net. Uh, the big bombshell this morning in injury news is uh, Cole Caulfield. Cole Caulfield suffered a season-ending injury to his right shoulder and will undergo surgery. This one hurts the most. Uh, Caulfield was having a bit of a breakout season. Uh, he was easily their best offensive player. So you're hoping that uh, Montreal can find some secondary offense like they did in Winnipeg. But uh, for most of the season, uh, offense has not gone outside of uh, Suzuki and Caulfield. So maybe it's a big opportunity for someone else to step up and fill the void. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see on that. Yeah, you, this was it was it was a bombshell for Canadians fans. And, and just listening to um, the players, um, it was uh, Nick Suzuki, Josh Anderson that, that came to the the microphones uh this morning um uh, this this hit them hard this this was um uh, difficult news uh for the team um the you know they this this isn't something that uh happened this week um you know they uh, Bo, well Nick Suzuki Marty St. Louis all said uh he's been playing with a, a shoulder injury for some time um uh, it's tough to speculate um, when it happened. Nobody is, has confirmed when it's happened. Uh, Marty St. Louis said, you know, I'm not answering anything about injuries. If you, That's not my department. If you have any questions, ask Kent. Um, and, uh, you know, I, if you think back to uh, the Calgary game on December 12th, there was a really odd play. We talked about it then. Um, where, uh, it, it, and, and it wasn't, it wasn't, um, you know, it, it wasn't a, a hit. It was just a indirect, it, it was, it was direct contact, but it was a collision that happened by chance in front of the, in the kind of the slot area of the Canadians, two, two players turning Cole Caulfield, Cole Caulfield being one Trevor Lewis, uh, being the other, and they collided, um, with some force, um, Cole Caulfield went down, had trouble getting up, uh, went to the dressing room, and did not return that game. Um, again, that was a month ago. Um, so has he been playing with this shoulder injury all this time? Um, you know, uh, we don't have confirmation um, of that. Um, although Pat Brisson, that's, um, that's Cole Caulfield's agent, said, the decision was made now. Uh, presumably, that was last night, uh, Friday night. Um, that's what uh, Marty St. Louis said, that they got new information. Um, the decision was made uh, to shut him down for the season uh, so that he can get surgery uh, and that he'll be 100% um, uh, in time, recovered in time for training camp. Um, so... Uh, it's it's difficult. It's it's really difficult. Uh, as you said, he was on uh, uh, quite a pace, a pace for uh, at least forty goals, forty goals, forty five goals, and that would have been the first since uh, Vincent Danfus, um, and and shut down now at at twenty six uh, goals uh, for this season. 
Um, and and it's it's funny because uh, we're gonna we're gonna place a quote uh, from Cole Caulfield. Uh, none of this came to light. Uh, he he spent um, eight, nine, ten minutes um, with the media on Friday, and and uh, there was no hint of of uh, of this at all. He was in good spirits, um, so it's um, yeah, it's really tough. But uh, as I said, we'll have uh, um, uh, some audio later and and some reaction audio as well. Yeah, and perhaps uh, some secondary scoring can step up to fill the void. One of those guys that could potentially do it is a Sean Monaghan. Uh, we saw he practiced in a non-contact jersey this morning. You hope he can get back soon, but uh, it seems like he's been out for a while, and I don't think there's a plan to get him back into games, uh, at least in the next little while. Good to see him. Um, you know, he's been making progress out of the boot. Um, walking boot, we talked about that um, a couple weeks ago. He, but but practicing not on his own, but with the team uh, this morning, albeit in a non-contact jersey, um, he's he's making progress. Um, so that's good news. And you, well, with all these injuries, you have to wonder who are they going to call up from the Laval Rocket. And uh, I'm a little bit surprised here to see that they went with Alex Belzeal, the captain of Laval. Um, a little bit confusing. I, I would have thought that a captain would have to stay with his team. Um, Alex Belzeal, older guy as well, uh, so definitely not giving an opportunity to a younger prospect with some NHL potential. Uh, how do you feel about Alex Belzeal being the guy being uh, called up? It's it's interesting. It it might have to do with cap uh, reason. We we know that Jonathan Duran, the Canadians announced that Jonathan Duran has been played uh, placed on um, injured reserve, uh, and that's retroactive to January sixteenth. So, again, maybe some cap in, uh, implications there. Alex Belzeal, as you said, older, thirty one years old. Uh, that might be an indication that. Um, uh, Sean Monahan is is back sooner than 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 later. Alex Belzeal has played some some NHL games, not very many. Um, uh, he's you know um, he's an AHL player. Um, he's kind of a, a, a half AHL, a tweener between the AHL and ECHL. He has about 170 games in the the ECHL. He gets a ton of time. You know he's a bit of a coach's favorite in in Laval. Probably gets a lot more time than 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 he's earned, um, but uh, yeah, there's someone who can can come up. Um, there there has been talk. The Canadians have used, I believe they've used three emergency uh, recalls so far uh, this season, uh, in Primo, in Pitlick, and in Harvey Pinard. Um, anything over two emergency Pitlicks and the the CHL. Uh, NHL agreement allows them to dip into um, the CHL, into Canadian junior hockey. And so the Canadians could, um, um, theoretically, they could bring up uh, Owen Beck or a Joshua Waugh or Riley Kidney um, if they thought that would be helpful, uh, if helpful to the development of the player. Not, I, I don't think they're worried about it being helpful to the team right now. Mm-hmm. Um but that would only be for a maximum of five games. So my thinking is, you know, there's been a lot of speculation. Oh, well, let, let's see Joshua. Well, let's see Riley Kidney. I don't know that that's going to happen because it would only be for the short term. 
anyway and and um why rob them of the experience you know uh, many of them on 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 teams that are are um, making a push for for the memorial cup uh the playoffs and then memorial cup appearance so um we'll see what happens um and and there's there's going to be you know with Harvey Pinard and and Pitlick and and uh, Ulanen and there's um, there's 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 the opportunity for the coaching staff and for management I guess to get a real good look at uh, some of these young players. Yeah, nice opportunity uh, to get a look at a guy like Yessa Ulanen who uh, started the year in the AHL since coming up. I think he's looked pretty good. Uh, no complaints there from me. Um, definitely an opportunity to give all sorts of players uh, time in uh, different roles and what they might be used to. Uh, you mentioned that uh, two parts of the penalty kill and uh, Armia and Evans are going to be out uh, for a little while as well. Uh, I'd like to see a Yessa Ulanen get an opportunity on the penalty kill there. Maybe that's just me, but uh, we'll swing back uh, to some of those other players a little bit later here yeah no i and just to support that he did get a little bit of time um uh, in the last game on the penalty kill he he's a very good defensive player he skates well he's smart um and and you might be right that um that uh he's he's one that could be used uh, a bit a bit more on the on the penalty kill he was on that line um uh, that top line with suzuki and caulfield won't be there against the Leafs. Uh, they're going to try uh, a top line of Nick Suzuki with Josh Anderson and Rem Pitlick. Uh, so interesting. Uh, now Pitlick's got uh, can skate and and he's got a bit of an offensive talent. Um, uh, doesn't pay attention to the the defensive game at all. Uh, so that'll be a bit of a challenge. Uh, probably mostly for Nick Suzuki to to be the defensive conscious conscience of that uh, particular line. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I'm actually excited about that line. Uh, nice uh, to try and fill, uh, I guess, the Caulfield void with uh, another offensively talented player in uh, Pitlick, but obviously uh, I'm not going to try and compare Pitlick to Caulfield no. right now. No. Um, but we mentioned uh, all sorts of things that just happened uh, uh, against the Panthers on uh, Thursday night. Uh, obviously, Mike Matheson is... Uh, the biggest uh, topic from that uh, in his reverse hit against Eric Stahl. Um, Matheson returned to the lineup on Tuesday versus Winnipeg. I didn't think he looked great. Um, certainly sh- trying to show off that physicality, but uh, Mike Matheson, uh, since coming to Montreal, uh, he's either been injured or I've just not been impressed with this play so far. Now, I agree 100%. And we talked about him last week as... Um, uh, yeah, he, he's been a disappointment this season, both, both because he hasn't been in the lineup and when he's been in the lineup, hasn't looked particularly good. And, uh, we'll swing back to Mike Matheson a little bit later as well. Uh, we do have some more news on him. Uh, for now though, uh, Yoel Armia, he has an upper body injury. He will be out until after the all-star break, Uh tough year for him. Uh, only seven points in 32 games. Uh, didn't really get his first goal until the new year, I don't think. Um, just kind of sucks. He's, he's a big part of that uh, penalty kill, like we mentioned. Uh, he's somebody that can step up in the lineup when there are injuries, as uh, history has shown. Um, you hope that when he comes back, yeah, he can maybe uh, contribute a little bit more. And he was just getting his offense going with, uh, he, yeah. he's, he's actually looked uh, pretty good uh, on that top lineup and had three goals in two games, so... Uh, tough timing for for his injury. 
And uh, Jonathan Drouin, uh, he suffered an upper body injury on January 12th against Nashville. Uh, Drouin has been placed on uh, injury reserve retroactively to January the 16th. Uh, he will be out until after the All-Star break as well. And 28 games, he has 12 assists and zero goals. Um, I, I guess we'll wait and see uh, what happens with Jonathan Drouin. I don't think he's going to be a trade ship. I don't think he's going to be a Montreal after this year. So Yeah, the- and it's going to end with a with a whimper, not a bang, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, a couple Jakes to talk about here, uh, starting off with uh, Jake Allen. Uh, he has an upper body injury. He will be out uh, minimum one week. For now, it's going to be uh, Samuel Montembeau taking uh, the net for Montreal, uh, with the exception of the game on uh, Thursday night against Florida. I thought he's actually fared pretty well. Uh, he'll likely carry the load going forward, too. Yeah, um, he's he, you know, it, it's tough because uh, Sam Montembeau is is uh, a goalie who can show in 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 short batches uh, that he competes hard and he's a battler and and um, and and with all the coaching he has he has picked up his game and when he's the guy. Um, uh, is he, uh, uh, you know, a capable NHL backup? That's that's uh, he, he's not a, not anywhere close to being a number one. Um, but but could he be a backup? Um, we'll see. Uh, it, it's hard to evaluate in such uh, short doses. Um, he's moved up in in you know goal saved above average. He's moved up in the last week from I believe it was fifty seventh overall. Uh, in goaltenders, um, that's going through all the the starters and all the backups. Um, he's he's fifty uh, seventh to I think twenty eighth uh, most recently. So he's improved his goal saved above average. Um, he's still up there in in the really bad start category. Um, but um, yeah, he he's shown some good things, and and uh, we're we're gonna talk. Uh, Ken Hughes talked about him, so we're gonna talk about him in the second segment a little bit more. Yeah, and the second Jake, uh, Jake Evans, suffered a lower body injury that does not require surgery. He'll be out for eight to ten weeks. Uh, the bottom six is definitely going to miss this guy. I think Jake Evans is a bit of an unsung hero. Uh, I think he's probably one of the more consistent players in what he does as well. Agree, a hundred percent. He's he's underappreciated, and uh, and you only appreciate him when he's not there. And, uh, of course, the other uh, big bombshell from this past week is uh, Yuri Slavkovsky has suffered a lower body injury that does not require surgery. He will be out for about three months. Uh, looking at the calendar here, I think three months brings us just about right until the end of the season, so we might not actually see him yet. Uh, they did not specify that this was a season-ending injury, so I guess there's potential that he does get back in the lineup, but uh, overall, not a great introductory year for this kid uh he's not fared very well at the nhl level and now he has what could end up being a season ending injury and yeah you, you just hope that maybe next year he can be a little bit better and uh they have a better plan set for him we'll talk about that a little bit in segment two yeah i i think um effectively his his nhl season is over i i, I think the reason they didn't um, announce it as a season injury ending injury is um, because he could be eligible and, and again this is a, a long shot a wild shot but if Laval Rocket were ever to make the playoffs uh, maybe um, he could be available 
uh, then. And I think that's the only reason they didn't announce it as, as season ending. And uh, since you brought up the Laval Rocket, I think it's a good time to get to our Habs Prospect Report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. Uh, so here in the prospect update here, uh, what we do is uh, we take Canadians prospects from around the AHL, ECHL, uh, CHL, NCAA, sometimes over in Europe, and uh, we give you the full update. Uh, this week, uh, we're going to start things off with the, the Laval Rocket. Uh, they had uh, three pretty good games this past week, uh, starting back on the 14th of January. And this was actually uh, the AHL Freeview Day, uh, so people were able to go to uh, the AHL.tv uh, and uh, get a free day's worth of uh, AHL hockey. And Laval did not disappoint in this one as they won 6-2 to two over Cleveland. Uh, there was a hat-trick for uh, the recently called up Alex Belzeal. Uh, they went 2-7 uh, for seven on the power play, and uh, this snapped a bit of a losing skit for them. Yeah, and... and um... Uh, it, it was nice for fans to get a, a peek in at them. Maybe uh, didn't see that, you know, uh, for fans who only saw that game are wondering, you know, why have they, why are they near the bottom of the standings? Uh, <laughs> this week has not been representative of, of uh, how they've played this year. And that's a good thing. They've been scoring goals. Uh, they've, uh, the power play has picked up a little bit. Um, and, uh, and, and goaltending, uh, which has been a huge problem all season, uh, has been a little bit better. Yeah, uh, they got a little bit of break of a break in between games. Their next one was not until the 18th, and they won this one 5-2 to two over Rochester. Another two goals for Alex Belzeal, so he's certainly had himself a decent week in the AHL. Uh, seems like the offense is really going for this team. Uh, a couple days later, uh, it was Hershey coming into Laval on the 20th. Uh, this was an overtime game, so it was a lot closer. Uh, Laval did win 3-2. to two. Uh, they had 41 shots on goal, uh, three for seven on the power play, two goals for Teasdale, and uh, I believe three games is a winning streak. Um, and Teasdale uh, doesn't move very well. Uh, even for the, the AHL, he's very slow, but uh, he parks his big body in front of the net, and two of those uh, goals went, uh, I think they're both uh, uh, Anthony Richard shots from the point uh, went off his leg, went off a, a, a part of him and, and into the net. Uh, this was uh, unusual in the fact that Hershey is is uh, one of the top teams, uh, if not the top team in the AHL, and they had all sorts of penalty trouble. Their, Laval had uh, power plays galore. They had five on threes and and. Uh, um, and and that that allowed them to compete with with one of the better teams in the league. So the Rocket record improves a little bit. Uh, they're up to 16, 18, 4 and 1. That brings them to 23rd in the AHL. Uh, coming up uh, this week, uh, starting actually today, Saturday, the 21st, uh, Toronto is going to visit Laval. 
Uh, a few days later on the 25th, Belleville's going to come into Laval. And then on the 27th, uh, Laval heads over to Cle- Cleveland. And it seems like there's a little bit of a rivalry going there. Uh, Laval versus uh, Malcolm Subban. It's a bit of, I guess, oh, sorry, Malcolm Subban is Rochester, my bad. Uh, but uh, Laval versus Cleveland, it's uh, been a little bit of back and forth. Uh, obviously, their last game, Laval uh, won 6-2. to two, So we'll see what happens there. Well, and, and a bit penalty filled, as may, as many of Laval's games have been so um, it's going to be an interesting week. Uh, so now we're going to check up on the CHL scoring race for the Habs prospects, uh, something we've done uh, over the past uh, little while here. Um, and most recently, you've heard us talk a lot about Jerry Davidson, but uh, this week it's going to be a lot of Riley Kidney as Riley Kidney does take over the top spot uh, in the CHL for Habs prospects with 58 points. Uh, since being traded uh, from Acadie Bathurst to uh, Gatineau and five games, he's managed to put up 13 points. So he, Riley Kidney finding himself a nice role on a brand new team there. He's been great. Uh, absolutely great. Um, he suffered a, a bit of a minor injury. It's not clear whether he'll he'll be uh, in the lineup this weekend, but uh, he's he's been terrific since that trade. But, uh, of course, uh, Jared Davidson still uh, doing very, very well. Uh, 55 points in 36 games. Uh, right now, uh, his points per game is 1.53. So he, he's still doing quite well with the Seattle Thunderbirds. Uh, just behind him is a Joshua Waugh, who uh, has uh, 53 points in 30 games. Uh, Joshua Waugh, of course, he's played a lot fewer games uh, because he was off at the World Juniors. But uh, he's certainly uh, come back and played very well for Sherbrooke. He has. Indeed, he has. So uh, moving along to the NCAA, uh, fan balloting is underway for the 2023 Hobie Baker Award. Uh, This will set to continue through until uh, March the 5th. 82 names are being put on this ballot to determine uh, the college hockey's top player. Uh, Some of the guys that could be involved in this uh, are Luke Hughes, Matthew Nyes, Devin Levi, maybe a Logan Cooley or Cutter Goche. Uh, Habs fans might be interested in uh, putting in some votes for Sean Farrell, who's had a great season so far. Of those 82 names, there are three Canadian prospect, Canadians prospects who are on the list. Uh, so be sure to to uh, vote for Sean Farrell, having a great season at Harvard, uh, defenseman Lane Hudson, Boston University, and goaltender Jakob Dobas, who has been ter- terrific. We talked about him being the Big Ten Player of the Week. Last week, uh, playing for Ohio State, uh, all three of them on the ballot, Jakob Dobas, Sean Farrell, Lane Hudson, so uh, throw some votes their way. And, and yeah, I think that um, the, the University of Michigan guys are probably the favorites. Luke Hughes, uh, Adam Fantilli uh, for sure. Uh, Adam Fantilli having a terrific NCAA season. Uh, we remember that it was uh, Cole Caulfield that won the Hobie Baker in 2021, last year was a goaltender, uh, Dryden McKay, who we had talked about uh, the Canadians should look at, uh, signed instead by the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, of course, it's the Maple Leafs. It's always got to be Toronto, eh? <laughs> uh, but uh, we did hear from uh, Habs development coach Frankie Bullion this past week. He answered the question, who is the Canadians' number one top prospect? And I'll uh, insert a little bit of a drum roll here, please. Uh, Rick, what was his answer? Uh, I'll, I'll read you the quote directly. Um, <laughs> he was speaking to 98.5. He said, uh, Logan Mayu is next. He's the next one I see who will make the leap quite quickly with the Montreal Canadiens. For me, it's a no-brainer that he's a National 
Hockey League player of the future. Um, he's really high on, on, he went on to talk about him. Logan Mayu is uh, the player he sees as next making the jump. Canadians, of course, have, have had pretty good success with uh, their rookie defenseman this year uh, in uh, uh, Frankie Bullion's uh, uh, opinion that uh, Logan Mayu will be joining them soon. He, he has been um, really good um, and uh, and and was a, a big part of, of uh, London's uh, 9-1 win over Owen Sound last night. I believe that uh, he had three assists in that game. Yeah, so far on the season, uh, in uh, 32 games, he has 31 points. So, uh, Lokomayu, great season for a defenseman. Uh, can't really complain. Uh, 13 goals, 18 assists. Uh, that's pretty good. He's certainly showing off that he has some puck moving and offensive talent. Just looking at his stat line last night, uh, and in that game, uh, London Knights versus, the Owen, uh, uh, versus Owen Sound, three assists, a plus four, and eight shots on goal. So, uh, not bad at all. Yeah, I'd say that's not too shabby. Uh, so be sure to read all the content at ahl.report listen and subscribe to the press zone that comes out every tuesday uh, amy johnson patrick williams and rick stevens make up that team and they give you the full rundown on everything haps prospects now it's a good time to get to our quotes of the week and uh, we're gonna get to a quote from cole caulfield uh, this past week uh, cole caulfield contract negotiations have been a big topic uh, ken hughes did touch on that a little bit in his press conference and uh, here's what cole had to say about that i mean you try not to but uh you really can't get away from it um, it's everywhere you hear it a lot but uh for me just trying to you know, stay away from it. Um, it's going to happen when it happens. So, um, obviously, I love I love being here. Um, I love this team and, and this group of guys. So, um, just take it one step at a time. But uh, for sure, it's in the back of my mind. So, uh, you don't get that. You don't get very much. He's, his answers are very uh, vanilla in, in general. But in talking about uh, his contract, um, it was, and he went on and repeated, happen, it'll happen when it happens. Uh, he said there's absolutely no rush to get it done. He was asked whether it would be um, he, he would prefer a longer term or uh, or a shorter term. He said, uh, you know, he doesn't view it in those terms. He wants what's a best fit for him. Um, and he said that he lets his his agent look after all of those discussions and and uh, uh, that agent, as I mentioned earlier, Pat Brisson. Pat Brisson uh, was asked about uh, the negotiations. All he said was, we're good, um, w- which there's not much to <laughs> um, to be said there. But but yes, Caulfield said um, he doesn't get involved too much. He'll let uh, he'll let uh, his he trusts his agent and he'll let him uh, work through it. And and the timing doesn't matter um, at all. Um, that was a 22 second clip. I wonder if Cole Caulfield uh, set a world record for most cliches set in 22 <laughs> seconds. So, anyways, uh, Cole Caulfield, uh, we mentioned a little bit earlier, season ending injury for him. Obviously, his best friend Nick Suzuki uh, not feeling so great about it. Uh, here's what Suzuki had to say on the Caulfield injury. Going through, trying to play, and uh, just decided that uh, it was best to shut him down and um, get him ready for next year. So, um, Tough. Uh, obviously, it's tough for Cole. Uh, feel for him, and uh, he wants to be here and play. And um, yeah, he's a bit upset, but I think it'll be 
best for uh, his future and uh, the next year for sure. So very subdued. Um, he's uh, Cole Caulfield uh, is is upset as Nick Suzuki said. Nick Suzuki sounds um, you know upset, but uh, trying to rationalize and say that uh, this is the right decision. This is the decision that will have him ready for ne- for next season. And uh, they're t- trying to come to grips with that because, you know, it's it's um, he has provided the lion's share of the offense and it's going to be uh, tough the rest of the season without a Cole Caulfield. Yeah, whether or not uh, this team is destined to make the playoffs, I'd say probably not. That is a pretty big loss, a huge portion of their offense. And uh, I'm sure that Nick Suzuki is going to be uh, missing Cole Caulfield on his wing for the next little while, too. For sure. Uh, looking at hockey news from uh, around the league, uh, we'll start things off with uh, Mike Matheson, which I teased a little bit earlier. Uh, the NHL player safety announced that Canadians defenseman Mike Matheson has been fined $5,000 for interference against Florida Panthers forward Eric Stahl. Uh, Rick, you and I agreed when this happened. Dirty play, not a good move by Matheson there. Surprised it was not called on the ice. Uh, I do think that this was a good call to put out the fine. Um, Eric Stahl, of course, left the game, uh, looked a little bit shaken up. Um, yeah, the, just uh, overall, like Eric Stahl was not near the puck, and Matheson just kind of caught him off guard. That could have been a lot worse for Eric, I think, too. Yeah, yeah, it could. And and uh, those are the, the kinds of of plays that you don't want to see, um, uh, you know, an unsuspecting player. He had no reason to expect. Um, he had no reason to brace for for a hit. Nowhere near the puck. Um, a dirty play, and uh, and yeah, it was bizarre that that uh, it was missed by the officials and and for uh, Mike Matheson to get supplementary discipline. Of course, the the dollar amount isn't isn't. Uh, uh, very meaningful, but but at least um, uh, it's it's uh, acknowledged that uh, it, it it had no place in in that game. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes forward uh, Max Pacioretty was placed on injured reserve. Uh, Max started the year injured. He came back, looked pretty decent, and now he's back out with a torn Achilles. So you, you feel bad for Max Pacioretty, uh, certainly a player I still like quite a bit, and uh, just it's not been good for his time so far in Carolina. Yeah, it's really tough. He worked so hard to come back uh, from injury, and he looked great. He's he's played five games. He had three goals, um, and it was one of those non-contact injuries where. He just pulled up, and you saw that uh, he he just ex- experienced pain immediately. Torn Achilles, awful injury, uh, and it, his uh, rehab is going to take some time. That's that's very unfortunate for the Carolina Hurricanes. The NHL added 12 players to their uh, 2023 NHL All-Star Game. Uh, as the fan vo- were able to vote three players in for each div- division uh, here in the Atlantic, we were hoping for a Cole Caulfield to be there. Uh, fortunately, if it wasn't uh, al- already uh, not going to be the case with the injury, uh, the NHL made sure it was definitely not going to be there as uh, Pasternak, Matthews, and Vasilevsky are the three that got into uh, the Atlantic division. I'm a little bit disappointed. I feel like uh, the NHL needs to do a little bit more to try and uh, switch out these players, uh, display some different talent, maybe some names that uh, aren't uh, necessarily at the top of the list, but uh, can't be too surprised. Uh, Pasternak, uh, Matthews, and Vasilevsky are all elite talents and uh, very popular players around the league. 
Yeah, so according to the the rules, uh, you know, one player was selected. That was Nick Suzuki. One uh, in the Canadians' case, one player selected uh, by NHL Hockey Ops from all the thirty-two teams, and then um, f- they went division by division, adding uh, t- uh, two player, two skaters plus one goaltender. Um, so there was just two uh, places open uh, for Cole Caulfield. I think the fans did. We talked about it last week. Um, uh, on the show, I think fans, uh, Canadians fans, did their part in in trying to vote him in. Um, but the, I mean, when you're dealing with Pasternak and Matthews, um, uh, Cole Caulfield was asked about it in in uh, on Friday, and he said, "You know, I how how are you going to compete with that, or how are you going to complain about that? Mm-hmm. Uh, happy to be in the conversation, but uh, he acknowledged that that both players should be at the All Star game, and and um, and that's fine. Cole Caulfield will will have his chance and have other All Star games. Did it have anything to do with with the injury? No, um, it didn't. The decision no. <laughs> was made uh, beforehand, uh, well before it was known that he would be out for the season. So, um, uh, well, obviously, uh, Canadians fans will be excited to see Nick Suzuki uh, in Florida and uh, and be be cheering him on um, as he attends the All Star game. And uh, ending things here on a bit of a lighthearted note, um, Shirley uh, Wischie Moore, a Cree woman from northern Quebec, had a 10-minute video chat with uh, Canadians goaltender Carey Price. Uh, really great story. Nice to see the Carey still uh, getting involved within the community. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, I guess uh, working with the uh, First Nations uh, people is uh, something that Carey really does care about. Uh, Rick, what are your thoughts on this story? This is... Uh, uh this is deeply touching, um, and um, th- this woman um, who lives well north, 1,200 kilometers north of Montreal, um, found out uh, in early January uh, that the headaches that she had been experiencing are brain tumors. Um, she's undergoing surgery. She is going to need uh, chemotherapy and radiation uh, and Carrie Price took um, uh, ten minutes to to have a video chat with her uh, to um, you know keep her spirits up um, and and uh, it, it, a, a really nice chat as as was reported um, that uh, you know they the family didn't expect uh, that this would happen. Um, this lady is a, is is a big Canadians fan, a big Carrie Price fan. Um, and, uh, Carrie Price just told her to, you know, to keep fighting. Um, they went on, had, uh, um, uh, conversation about, uh, um, a game. Uh, she said she hopes that all is going to go well for her and for Carrie Price. And, uh, she wants to go and watch a game and would love to see Carrie back in the net. Carrie said, <laughs> yeah, me too. I'd, I'd love that too. Um, and it was uh, it was the lady's daughter who said, you know, she's she's had all of this uh, thrown at her uh, in a short period of time. Her blood pressure was way up, um, and uh, she she's very worried. And all seemed to to calm um, uh, when she had a chance to speak to Carrie Price, and they were um, just very 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 grateful to to him. Um, so uh, you know the. The, the daughter also said uh, they could use any prayers uh, from Canadians fans. So 
Um, we, we wanted to be sure to mention it here on the show today. Uh, really touching story. Yeah, for sure. I think the one thing we can always count on is uh, Carrie Price just overall being a really good guy. Good on him to spend that time uh, with her and a really touching story, like you said. So uh, coming up, uh, we're going to hear a brand new message from our sponsors, DraftKings. And uh, of course, we'll get to our big topic segment. Stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. The NFL Divisional Round. Check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Now, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at even bigger payouts with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Now me, I had kind of, uh, you know, this past weekend for the wild card rounds, Breathe easy. My Philadelphia Eagles had a bye week, so it was uh, it was it was kind of easy watching uh, a little bit this past weekend. Although there were some pretty pretty intense and interesting games happening, but this coming weekend, of course, my eyes will be glued to the television. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles looking for a big win uh, in the divisional round, and of course, I'm probably going to take advantage of this uh, same game parlay step up with DraftKings and, uh, you know, see what those Eagles can do for me as well. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL divisional round and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Michael Spinella, and you can find me on Twitter at the Spinella. And with me in the studio is the president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. Be sure to give him a follow at All Habs on Twitter. Also, you can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit the website CanadiansConnection.com. Just a reminder to subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player or on your favorite podcasting app. And this past week, Kent Hughes had plenty to say. It was his one-year anniversary of becoming the GM of the Montreal Canadiens, that day being uh, January 18th, 2022. So he's celebrating his first year anniversary in that position. And uh, to commemorate it, uh, Hughes provided a 40-minute mid-season state of the team update. Uh, He provided all sorts of... uh, I uh, just huge bombshells I felt at least um, uh, there are several takeaways in general from this availability uh, I feel like sometimes when you hear uh, other general managers or coaches talk uh, you come away with uh, a nothing pie this was not the case uh, Ken Hughes really uh, took the time to sit down and talk to everybody and provide all the information that uh, at least he could provide so starting things off he uh, talked a lot about uh, the Cole Caulfield uh, contract negotiations Um, Not too long ago, it was being reported by Darren Dreger that uh, he began preliminary talks uh, with Cole Caulfield, and uh, he confirmed that he wants Caulfield around a long time. Uh, Rick, I'll uh, get you involved here. Uh, What were your thoughts on uh, Kent Hughes's, uh, I guess, talking about uh, the Cole Caulfield uh, contract negotiation? 
Well, it's it's one of those those issues, and and when you t- talk about uh, when when he the general manager comes out to talk about the state of the Canadians, um, which includes both the present and the future, uh, one of the biggest uh, questions, uh, one of the biggest pieces in the rebuild, um, is going to be Cole Caulfield, um, who's had a, a tremendous who had a tremendous season with with it coming to an end now. Um, and, and I, I thought it was interesting that, um, that he said, you know, there's some things I'm going to be transparent on other things, not going to be transparent on, and we need to keep that in mind. We also need to keep in mind that, um, this, this press conference was not only for the fans. Um, we'll get back to that in a minute, but he said, (laughs) um, I'm not going to be transparent, um, about the negotiations, um, the only thing that 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 he would commit to was that uh, the Canadians want Cole Caulfield to be with the team long term, and Cole and he he said I believe that Cole wants to be with the, the us long term. Um, that's not to say that he's not signaling that it'll be a, a long term contract, because you can get there in a number of different ways. It can be a short term. It can be a bridge. Um, it doesn't mean that it's going to be a long-term uh, contract, but he said, I, I'm, I'm not going to answer. I'm not going to give you clues about the length. Um, I'm just not going to be transparent because uh, speculation can be a distraction for the player, for the players, uh, for the player involved and for, for other players. Um, he said that uh, when the contract is settled, when it's finalized, he'll be very happy to come and meet the media and answer all their questions. Um, so I thought it was a, you know, a, a, a very uh, genuine answer. And and um, we we you can't expect, uh, you know, with respect to trades, with respect to any kind of uh, uh, contract negotiations, you can't expect a general manager to be completely transparent. He that that's it it that's not his job until it's. Uh, all said and done and and that's exactly the way he presented it yeah i, I will point out too that uh, this was put out before we found out uh, that cole caulfield would be out uh, long term with the season ending injury not that that would necessarily change his answer a whole lot uh, but at that point uh, i think we were still expecting caulfield to go out and play so you, you don't want a contract talk to be a huge distraction for the player of course and uh, also, you don't want to make any prom- promises to fans and uh, not be able to follow through. So I don't mind uh, Ken Hughes not providing a ton of information, but uh, I felt like it was pretty cool to hear about, a l- well, at least a little bit about what goes on behind the scenes for contract negotiations. I thought that uh, he provided some interesting tidbits, at least. I see a lot on Twitter right now. Um Announce the contract today. Make Cole Caulfield <laughs> feel happy. He's sad. He's got an injury. It's not about your feelings. It's not about Cole Caulfield's feelings. It's not about the fans' feelings. This has to be right for the player. This has to be right for the team. And I would assume, um, it sounds crass, uh, but I would assume that they'd want to make sure that the uh, surgery, be assured that the surgery is going to be successful. 
Yeah, and Ken Hughes did say that sometimes negotiations happen very fast. Others can take a long time, and that doesn't necessarily mean there are problems necessarily going on. That's just how it goes. So, uh, yeah, I do agree that uh, they'll likely want to wait uh, until after surgery to see where Caulfield's at uh, before they determine what they want to do with the contract. Uh, We'll have to wait and see on that one for sure. Uh, the other, uh, well, another big point here uh, is the trade market. Uh, Montreal at this point is uh, not looking to be a playoff team. As we approach the trade deadline, uh, I imagine they will start to sell off some assets. Uh, one of the big names that have been uh, thrown out there is uh, Joel Edmondson, uh, saying that there could be a lot of interest, uh, specifically coming from Edmonton, uh, potential return of a first-round draft pick. Uh, another name that was thrown out there quite a bit is Josh Anderson, uh, hearing that maybe that uh, some teams could be looking to add him uh, for a playoff run. Uh, Ken Hughes did uh, come out and say that he met with both of those players and he let them know that uh, he was hearing the rumors on the TV and uh, maybe they weren't all necessarily accurate. Uh, Ricky mentioned uh, right away that uh, these press conferences, uh, not only are they for the fans, but they might be for something else as well. Uh, how do you think that plays into uh, the trade market? Well, he um, he said, he, he, I guess the first one um, he talked about was Sean Monaghan, and, and he said um, that those rumors started uh, within w- weeks of the, the uh, opening of the season, and he said that what, what I wanted to do was go down and say, um, you're going to be here. Uh, we're, we're, we're happy to have you here. Uh, <laughs> don't listen to these rumors that uh, you'll be traded before you, you know, a- after you just got here. Uh, and and he said that he, he spoke to Sean Monaghan and, and said, I told him that three things could happen. Um, that uh, And at that time, and this is October, that, that uh, we may keep you and extend you. We may trade you or may, we may... Uh, if we trade you, we may circle back and, and uh, try to bring you in the summer. He said you never know what would happen. He just wanted to um, assure uh, Monaghan that, uh, that, that they wanted to make him part of the team. And, and he said, listen, we're um, definitely a better team with Sean Monaghan in the lineup rather than uh, an injured uh, Sean Monaghan. Um, as far as, as, uh, you know, he acknowledged that Joel Edmondson and, and Josh Anderson are the two players that he's contacted about most often. And he said there's been about five or six teams interested or reaching out to him about Joel Edmondson. Um, you know, as, as far as, as, uh, when those, those are going to happen, um, he said that, um, you know, we're, we're not seeing a lot of trades right now, and that's because uh, there are so many of the teams that are right up against the salary um, cap, um, and so he doesn't see any movement uh, in, in the near future, but expects um, things to get far more active as um, we get closer to the trade deadline. Um, so I think all of that is, is fair. Uh, he dropped the name David Savard that... Um, that they are open um, to uh, receiving offers uh, for uh, David Savard. And, uh, and, and that was, I think, uh, an expression of, of how confident they are in, the, in the, the group of rookie defensemen and how well they've played 
uh, so far. Yeah, David Savard's an interesting one. Uh, I think his name hasn't come up quite as much as some of the others there. Uh, the other three we mentioned, Edmondson, Anderson, Monaghan. Uh, but it's interesting. Savard in the past has been traded uh, around the deadline in exchange for a first-round pick. So you, you never know. There could be a repeat there. A uh, little bit surprised that uh, Ken Hughes would come out and say that he's accepting uh, offers on a specific player that seems like it might be a little bit of out, out of character for him. Uh, if you remember uh, approaching last year's trade deadline with Arturi Lekkinen uh, coming out and saying, nope, he's not up for grabs. Uh, you're not uh, going to be able to trade for Arturi Lekkinen. And then, well, what does he do? He uh, goes and he trades Arturi Lekkinen to Colorado and he brought back quite the haul. So... I am wondering, uh, because he really seemed to throw some water over the fire on uh, some of the names like Edmondson, Anderson, and Monaghan, do you think that uh, him trying to cool that down is really just his way of trying to up the, the price on these three players? Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't get that sense that, uh, that he, was, he was trying to, um, to, to, to say that, that uh, they wouldn't be moved necessarily. I, I, I think he's he's hedging his bets for sure. Um, you know, uh, do they necessarily want to uh, trade a Josh Anderson? Hmm. Uh, you know, they're they're not desperate to uh, necessarily. Um, you know, an Edmondson far more uh, probable. Um, uh, uh, Sean Monahan, along as, as long as he comes back for from injury, I think far more probable, but. Um, you know, it's going to be very dependent on the offers. And, and as you said, um, you know, the offers that came in uh, last year, um, the, the Kent Hughes did really well uh, and waited, uh, waited until almost, uh, well, almost 15 minutes before the, 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 mm-hmm. the trade deadline with respect to our Terry Lackanen. So um, I, I think that, that he's, um, he knows what, what he'd, uh, like to do and and he's open to um, to the kinds of inquiries that uh, that he's been feeling fielding yeah I think that's a very fair way to put it and uh, Ken Hughes did mention that uh, he does not want to put out a team that does not have the ability to win so after the trade deadline he doesn't want to necessarily put his team in a uh, a position where they're going to lose every single game because that uh, that can be detrimental to some development. Uh, he mentions quite a bit too that uh, it has to come down to a balance. Sometimes winning can be good, but is it always going to be good, especially this, where the state of the team is? Sometimes while losing every single game, that's also not good, but you know you can't expect them to win them all. So uh, this is going to be an ongoing theme throughout his press conference is just finding that right balance between winning and development. Uh, talking about goaltenders, uh, right now Jake Allen is injured, of course, uh, for at least the next week. We've seen a lot of uh, Samuel Montembeau lately. Uh, Kent Hughes seemed to have a little bit of praise for Sam Montembeau, didn't he? He did. Um, he, he said that, uh, they'd like to keep Montembeau, um, said Sam's not going anywhere, um, at the present. Um, so, uh, and, and, uh, you know, he, he was then asked, uh, is, um, is he, uh, capable of being a, a number one goaltender? Um, and, and, you know, I think a fair response was, um, I don't have enough information for that. He's had a, a good short stretch 
but that isn't uh, a, a necessarily a, a great predictor. Um, he's got, he said he's still young. He's got a lot to learn as a goalkeeper. Um, he has a certain potential. Um, and, um, you know, I, I think he was, he was uh, reasonably complimentary. Uh, Marty St. Louis was asked um, after Tuesday's game if, if uh, uh, Montembeau was a number one goaltender. He said, I don't have enough information to, de- to decide that he is or not. Um, he was a little less um, uh, positive about it. Um, but uh, again, this is uh, another case of, I think, um, not necessarily being all about being you know, completely transparent for the fans sake. Um, they've, they've, they have issues to, to, to solve and they're sending messages, some to fans, some to other general managers. Um, and I think in this case, uh, this is, this is a bit of a walk back. Uh, what, what I'm, what do I mean by that? Well, uh, a few months back, Kent Hughes came out and said, there is no, uh, very definitively, uh, we don't see any future number one goaltender in our organization, anywhere in our organization. Um, Kent Hughes had an interview. He said exactly the same thing. We don't see a number one goaltender in our organization. Um, and, and what does that do? Let's say you're going and you're looking to acquire a goaltender. Let's say you're reaching out and making calls or, or when some of these, these uh, trade offers come in, you want, to, you want to acquire a goaltender in those kind of discussions. And the other general manager said, yeah, heard you're pretty desperate uh, for a goaltender, um, uh, you know, that you don't have a number one in, in your uh, organization. Uh, the price is, is pretty high for the guy you want. Um, that's, that's part of it. I I think that's part of it. I really think that's part of it. Uh, that, uh, this is kind of, this is part of resetting, (laughs) resetting. And, and yes, I mean, it's convenient because it comes after a really short span where Montembeau's look pretty good. So he's, he can, can come out and, and, and try to be, uh, you know, believable in saying, no, we've reevaluated and, and uh, Sam's staying with the organization. And he didn't say in what capacity. You know, mm-hmm. Sam Montembeau could be, uh, um, they consider him now uh, a, a viable backup and, and maybe uh, Jake Allen is, uh, is a tradable asset. So all these things, I, I, I don't think, uh, and fans were kind of, um, jumping to conclusions here, I don't think he's declaring, uh, and, and he didn't declare Montembeau, uh, you know, the the future of the Montreal Canadiens goaltenders. I I think there's, I, I think there's just resetting that whole area. Um, that this is an attempt to reset the conversation about that and the conversation that he could potentially be having with other general managers. Yeah, I think you got it right. And it is awfully convenient uh, that this came after a a pretty good string of games from Montembeau there. Uh, I don't think that there are many people out there uh, that do believe that Sam Montembeau could be a starter in this league, Uh, certainly not a goaltender of the future. For now, probably slots in as as a reasonable uh, backup. 
But uh, yeah, it's, I, I do like what you said there about this potentially being a reset and maybe just playing some games uh, to make sure that other general managers aren't uh, trying to pull a fast one on him and uh, raise up the price specifically for uh, Ken Hughes, uh, thinking that he's desperate for a goaltender. So uh, I think you got that right for sure. And if for those wondering about uh, Caden Primo, he's he's had a dreadful season uh, in, in in AHL terms. He it was hoped that he would uh, dominate. Um, he didn't. Yes, he's he he had a, a bit of an injury and was out for about a month. Um, but uh, that that wasn't the reason for his rough play. And and all that uh, Ken Hughes would say there is. Uh, Maybe not the start to the season that he wanted uh, in the American League was the quote. Yeah. Uh, moving along to uh, Kirby Doc, uh, there was a little bit of information from Kirby Doc and how Kent Hughes sees Kirby Doc. And uh, luckily, uh, you and I, Rick, do see Kirby Doc in the same way and that uh, Kirby Doc is going to be a center. Uh, so far this season, uh, Kirby Doc has been uh, deployed primarily on the wing of Suzuki and uh, Caulfield uh, this past week. Uh, they've started to switch that up uh, w- while well, they've tested it a little bit throughout the season. This past week, I think it was a little bit more consistent uh, keeping Doc at center. And uh, honestly, I, th- I think Doc's looked pretty good at that center position, if I might say so myself. Uh, nice to hear confirmation from uh, Kent Hughes that uh, Kirby Doc is going to be a center in the future. Um, we all know that uh, Ken Hughes paid quite the price to bring in a Kirby Doc. I uh, would have been quite disappointed uh, if Kirby Doc just ended up being a, a winger riding shotgun on that line. So uh, definitely agree with that and uh, nice that he was able to come out and clarify it. We've been saying this over and over and over again. Kirby Doc was not acquired to be a winger. Just wasn't the way it happened um, he, he was thought of as being the, the, you know, the one B to the, to the Suzuki one A, um, that was the plan at the draft. That's still the plan. Uh, Kent Hughes emphasized that saying that, that, uh, he sees uh, Kirby doc as, as being a center long-term, uh, likes the way he, he plays in the middle, likes the way he, uh, controls the play, in the middle, um, he said the proof was for the proof for anyone that doubted it uh, was uh, should have seen, um, you know, against the Winnipeg Jets. Um, Kirby Doc abs- absolutely dominated the middle of the ice. Um, he set up both of his wingers, uh, Anderson and, and Hoffman, uh, for goals. Uh, he had a, a terrific game. Kirby Doc. Um, is is um, is a complete player uh, at the center position, with the exception of of faceoffs. We know that that he struggles there. If you're going to be deficient at any aspect of playing center, uh, let it be faceoffs because that's the e- most easily teachable. Um, and, and anyone who is is evaluating him as a center based on on his faceoffs, that's that's just silly. That's not how it's done. At the NHL level, um, he is—he's uh, an imposing uh, force uh, in the offensive zone. He's—he's um, good at, at puck retrieval. He's—he's um, he's got good size and and unafraid to use it. And he's excellent in his defensive zone. And that's why he was—he was, he was uh, put on the wing to help 
uh, Caulfield. The issue was more about uh, that Caulfield and Suzuki were struggling against the the top lines, and and Doc kind of balanced that out. That it was more that was more the reason he was put at the at the wing rather than him being deficient in faceoffs. Um, he's going to be a center for the Montreal Canadiens for a long time. That's what uh, uh, Kent Hughes said, and uh, we were pleased to hear that being reinforced. Yeah, I, I agree with that for sure, and uh, hopefully we get to see uh, Doc remain in that uh, center position going forward. I know that uh, Martin St. Louis has really liked to see Doc on uh, the wing of that top line. Uh, Kent Hughes actually did speak a little bit about uh, Martin St. Louis and his views of uh, his coaching staff uh, throughout this rebuild so far. Um, what are your thoughts on what Kent had to say about Martin St. Louis? It was a little cryptic, to, to be honest. I don't quite know. Um, I, I don't think it was clear how it was to be interpreted. He was asked about, um, um, you know, it, was was there a concern that that St. Louis had too much of an emphasis on um, um, you know, offensive hockey, uh, that there was a few systems and and um, and and. Uh, uh, they came around to, to talking about uh, Kent Hughes said, you know, we've been better um, since we came back from the road trip in our own zone. But he said, overall, um, it's, we're going through different phases as a team. As a team um, in this rebuild, we're going to look differently and we're going to play differently. Um, and he's, he said, I expect that there's going to be different expectations on the coaching staff. Uh, different approaches from the coaching staff as we go forward, as the, the as the core expands and and we add better players, and there's going to be uh, different um, expectations uh, as well. Um, he said uh, very clearly that uh, um, you know it doesn't stop them both uh, you know the management team from going down to the dressing room after games and saying. Marty, um, our D zone coverage was terrible. Our, our zone entries didn't look, you know. Um, he said that that kind of conversation goes on uh, all the time, um, and and that uh, going forward, um, they may be asking different things from their coaching staff, or maybe asking different things from a different coaching staff. He, he wasn't clear about that, but but he he said that that this isn't going to be, um, it isn't, the way they play now, the way that they're coached now, isn't going to, isn't set in stone. That's going to evolve uh, as as uh, their roster is, is going to evolve. So I thought that was, it, it was interesting. Quite, I didn't quite know 100% how to take it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but I think that he's saying that the coaching staff is a work in progress uh, as well. Um, so I, th- I think I think that's a fair answer. Yeah, and if uh, the Montreal Canadiens right now are in more of a development rebuild mode, uh, the way they're being coached will be quite different than the way they'll be coached when they're in a win-now mode. So I think that's uh, another aspect you can kind of interpret, at, to interpret that as. Uh, Martin St. Louis uh, was a Ken hiring. Uh, this is the first coach that he hired. Obviously, uh, Ken Hughes wants to make sure that looks good in the long run, uh, as that does reflect back on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned sounds a little bit cryptic. I wasn't too sure how to 
interpret it. I, I do agree with that for sure. Uh, we'll see how things uh, end up evolving. Uh, Martin St. Louis seems to be uh, maybe more of uh, a good mentor, more of an emotional support type head coach, which I think is a little bit unconventional. Um, not so much uh, with uh, the X's and O's and coming up uh, with systems and whatnot. Uh, so we'll see how it develops. This is a very inexperienced coaching staff uh, in general, if you want to add in uh, like Stefan Robota and whatnot. Uh, so we'll see how they're able to learn. Uh, Martin St. Louis has mentioned uh, previously that he is still uh, trying to learn his position. Uh, so anyways, I think that's about all we can really say about uh, their coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uri Slavkovsky uh, was another pre- pretty big topic uh, that came up. Um, he talked at length uh, about him, uh, talked about how he thought he played this season. Uh, it's been uh, talked quite a bit amongst the fan base and the media that maybe Slav would benefit from going to the AHL and uh, maybe being the NHL isn't a great thing for his development. Uh, Kent uh, Hughes did have quite a few I, I don't know if I want to call them cliches or just kind of sayings, I guess, uh, when talking about Yuri Slavkovsky and development. Uh, what did you think about uh, what he had to say? Yeah, he went into, um, well, he, he talked first in general about um, that there's a develop, that, that they believe that there's a different development path for each of their players, depending on um, their own skill set, their own personality, which uh, which was interesting that that he included that um, he talked about Slavkovsky having being very enthusiastic, being wanting uh, wanting to learn, having some confidence, having some confidence issues after making mistakes, uh, and that that mistakes that he would make would affect him um, for uh, the rest of the game. Um, that he played in um and and he went into this uh, long analogy about um you know he he said that that uh, Slavkovsky is still adapting to the North American game um and he talked about uh walking on a uh, if you were walking on a super highway uh that would have its own challenges trying to avoid traffic then if you added, and he kept adding different things, uh, if you had juggling, if you have to juggle on a superhighway, that's really difficult. And if you add this, it's, it makes it more difficult. Um, and, and he said, so we have to be careful that there are, are a number of things that we, we need uh, him to work on. Um, and playing at the, at, at the same time, playing in the, the best uh, hockey league in the world was demanding on him, was challenging for him, um, and and I think that's that's what we said last week is that uh, you know this player was a lot more raw than um, than we were led to believe. He had so many things to to work on, and uh, the Canadians uh, felt they didn't want to overload him. And then, um, and and then he would be caught thinking out there, and and um, he didn't say it, but but uh, I think Kent Hughes was alluding to the fact that that uh, when he was thinking, he was he was open to those big hits, and and that was no good for him. What was what was more difficult to understand was um, okay if if he couldn't learn all these things all and try and uh, improve, um, then why didn't you send them to the the AHL, which is slower? It wouldn't have been uh, a super highway. It would have been. 
uh, a little bit slower where he could uh, try to learn and implement these lessons. And his answer to that was, in my t- in my estimation, it was bizarre. And we've heard um, we heard it reported a couple weeks ago that they didn't want to send him to the AHL because there was no Arbor Jacki to protect him. First of all, odd that he would need protection given that he's a big, tough player, and and you know it's been boasted about his size and and being a solid player playing against men. Secondly, um, we talked it last week about who is there. Um, but this this week, uh, he said, no, the reason uh, we didn't want to send him is because uh, it wasn't we, we didn't necessarily uh, need him to be working on his offensive production. There was a number of other things we wanted him to be working on. And that if he went to Laval, the coaching staff would expect him to score. Uh, and 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 the coaching staff would put pressure on him to score and put him in situations to score, and that's not where, that's those aren't the 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 issues that we need him to work on. Well, then why not tell that to J.F. Uhl? Why not say this is what we want you to work on? Um, if 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 there's any development going on at all in the AHL. Uh, you would think, and and Kent Hughes uh, talked about how proud he is about this this uh, circular management system that there aren't silos. Well, it seems like there's a pretty big silo in uh, Lavelle that they're doing their own thing. We've had evidence of that in the past that they don't do development that bring in people, the, the development squad <laughs> as it's mm-hmm. uh, termed uh, to uh, run uh, development in, in practice. Why couldn't you just tell your head coach and coaching staff in the AHL, here's a list of what we want him to work on. Please do that. Uh, that that said a lot to me, and we speculated uh, last week that, you know, is J.F. Hill going to be around um, uh, next season? I, I don't know. Um, the other thing that, that, uh, that Kent Hughes said is that it's up to, uh, that he, he doesn't have an identity uh, right now. Slavkovsky needs an identity, and it's up to him to determine what kind of player he wants to become, and uh, it's clear that that he's struggling with that. So I, I think it was pretty revealing. Um, all the talk about Slavkovsky—it's it, very unfortunate. Um, it it turns into um, maybe not a lost season. He's had an exposure to to the NHL, but um, you know all of these issues are going to be there to be dealt with as a continuation next season. Um, in and 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 this injury delays his development for sure. Yeah, certainly hearing that makes me more curious about what goes on in uh, Laval. If their AHL team is not meant for development, then what exactly is going on there? I uh, don't think I really liked or thought there was much substance to his answer as to why uh, Slavkovsky was not uh, being put in the, the AHL. I still speculate and think that the, the only reason why that never happened was just purely from a PR standpoint. Yeah. Um uh, yeah, Slavkovsky, not a great uh, rookie season. Uh, sucks even more that it's being cut short here. Uh, I, I hope that uh, d- the focus for Slavkovsky is on development. And uh, as much as uh, Kent Hughes was saying, well, it's not necessarily about offensive production. There are lots of other things to focus on. It's like 
in my opinion, yes, there are a lot of other things that he should be focusing on in his game. I think offensive production has to be one of those aspects for sure. Uh, that's something that I would really want uh, him to be able to develop. And uh, he certainly did not get that uh, in the NHL, at least. That's right. Uh, I guess the last thing that uh, we're going to mention here is it's about uh, winning versus developing. And uh, it's about finding that balance. So what Kent Hughes had to say about that is it's about finding a balance. At one point this season, I had said to Martin that we have gotten to a point where wins are good, but only to a certain point. Losses aren't good, but only to a certain point. So what do you think uh, Ken Hughes was alluding to with that statement? Probably the most revealing, and this was an overall, the the issue of balance was uh, he kept coming back to over and over. It was a reoccurring theme, as was patience uh, in in this 42 minutes uh, presser. Um, But this was really revealing, I thought. Um, you know, that fans talk quite openly about, oh, you know, that win's no good for the tank, <laughs> you know, and, and, and other fans challenge. The argument goes on constantly on our Facebook uh, page, facebook.com slash allhabs. Um, go there and be part of that conversation. But it's, it's a real struggle. Um, and, and fans debate it all the time. Well, that doesn't help. Uh, the tank, uh, well, you know that doesn't help the mood, and and no professional player wants to uh, wants to 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 lose. And it, it was very revealing, I thought, uh, that Kent Hughes had a conversation with Marty St. Louis about just just that. That um, wins are good, but not too many wins. Uh, losses uh, are not good, but uh, you know. Um, again, up to a point, and and so that it's an issue of of balance. Uh, don't lose too many games because it's going to affect the um, the mood uh, and the development of the current group. Don't win too many games because it's going to affect the draft position. Uh, fascinating that 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 is an issue uh, that they've they've spoken about. Yeah, I do really like the quote. I think it is very true for a a rebuilding team like this. Uh, Obviously, like you said, you you don't want to hurt to your drafting position, but at the same time, you don't want to get to a point where this team just does not know how to win once they get out of the rebuild. You want to start to be able to build that culture. And uh, Kent Hughes did uh, talk uh, about uh, building a culture on the team. Uh, He said that he believes that he has a lot of the right guys with a lot of the right uh, mindsets, which is really good to know. Know, um, I think one of the things I want to see uh, throughout the remainder of the season, given all the injuries and everything else, is I want to see guys like Yessa Ulunen be given uh, big opportunities. I want to see the Justin Barons uh, stay up and be given those big opportunities. Uh, I think we can stop with uh, you know Kirby Doc being put on the wing and just deploy him at center. Uh, make sure that uh, he is able to develop into that center role. Let him continue to practice those faceoffs. So. Uh, do you have uh, any other thoughts on uh, Kent's uh, Hughes's uh, views on uh, winning versus developing? Yeah, I think it was um, it, it was well thought out, well presented, um, well answered. Um, it's it's interesting that that he didn't just come out and 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 uh, tell exactly what uh, um, necessarily the the message the the stock message that they wanted to to put out it, that that he. 
talked about that uh, that they have debates, that there's constant discussions. He he talked about the fact that um, that that the management, the top management, both he and and Jeff Gordon want to be challenged. They don't they don't want to be insulted. We, we, he said we want a, a you know a collegial kind of relationship. Uh, but they want to be challenged, and they wanted to, they want to look at everything from all angles, and uh, and I think that was that was missing from um, from the last regime where um, Bergevin uh, didn't use his uh, he had some very talented people around him that he never used. He had an opinion and stuck with it. It sounds like um, that Kent Hughes um, and Jeff Gordon are are um, encouraging um, uh, other views and, and, and really debate uh, all these things that, uh, that, that are involved in the makeup of, of a team and, and in the going through the process of a rebuild. Yeah, I like that quite a bit. Uh, the emphasis uh, being put on team and not uh, just a bunch of individuals. Um, he did touch on a little bit uh, that uh, at the NHL level, you, you can't win when you have 23 individuals. Mm-hmm. You, you're going to have to find some kind of a balance here. Like, I, I, and I agree with that. Like, Obviously, when you have special players like uh, Suzuki and, and uh, Caulfield, yes, they can individually have their own talent, but at the end of the day, everyone really has to work together, and that's how you build a good winning culture for a hockey team. So I, I do like that quite a bit. Uh, very interesting uh, press conference overall. I do recommend uh, if anybody hasn't had a chance to listen to it, uh, you can still find it up on YouTube. Uh, tons of interesting tidbits from Ken Hughes, and I think good on him too to sit down for a full 42 minutes and uh, give uh, – uh, as much information as he can obviously uh, like we said he can't be completely transparent on every single topic but i think he gave enough uh, for us to understand what his process is and uh, where this team is going and uh, i guess out to the listeners though do you did ken hughes answer all uh, your questions in uh, this week's presser uh, we want to know please reach out to us was there anything that uh, he didn't touch on that uh, you would have liked him to talk about yeah, and and with in mind that that uh, that as you said can't be transparent on everything, uh, but but uh, we appreciate you. Uh, I I know there was a lot we presented a lot. There was a lot of detail there, um, and you may want to re-listen to uh, this part of the podcast again to make sure you uh, got everything. Uh, but then um, we'd be happy to to hear from you and reach out to us and let me know, let us know what. Uh, what you thought about uh, the kind of answers that he provided. Yeah, and that's going to take us uh, to our final break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Uh, We're going to have our question of the week coming up in segment three. Stay with us. You are listening to Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. 
Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit Rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Welcome back to episode 227 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Please make sure you're following at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and check out the website CanadiansConnection.com. Also, if you want to reach out to us via text, we have a 24-hour Rocket Sports text line. It's at 5853-ROCKET. I'll say it again, 5853-ROCKET. Please reach out to us with any of your thoughts on anything uh, in general with the Montreal Canadiens or something you heard on on this podcast. Uh, And we'll get to our uh, Canadiens Connection question of the week pretty soon here. But man, after this past week, uh, one thing I realized is it's it's really hard to keep up to date with this team, isn't it, Rick? <laughs> unless unless you're a frequent uh, uh, member of our uh, community, our, our Montreal Canadiens community, because we do our best to keep you uh, abreast of everything happening with respect to the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, so please make sure you do check out uh, allhabs.net. On there, you'll find our All Habs Hockey Magazine. Uh, Everything you need to know uh, is brought to you by Rocket Sports Media. First and foremost, uh, every week on the Monday, Chris G puts out his Habs notepad. That's your inside source for all Habs news. He'll touch on uh, Montreal Canadiens, Laval Rocket, and uh, he'll go as far down as the ECHL and the Trois-Rivières Lions. He gives you in-depth on pretty much anything and everything that's gone down. Plus, uh, we also have some Habs features uh, this past week. Uh, Rocket Sports contributor Gustav put out uh, an article entitled Under the Radar Prospects. Uh, he goes uh, on a little bit of a deep dive on some of the Habs prospects that you may have not heard about. Uh, Rick, is there anyone in particular you want to tease from that? Well, uh, it, it was interesting because uh, Gustav received his uh, inspiration from the Canadians Connection and podcast because we talk about prospects that um, folks have, may not have heard of. And we've been pumping the tires of Jared Davidson with good reason um, throughout the, oh, the last month or so. And so he, he, there's a section on Jared Davidson. Uh, Cedric Guindon, who we've talked about many times uh, on the podcast, he details that, and Sean Farrell, uh, who's having a great season in the NCAA. So uh, a real nice article, Under the Radar, pro- radar Prospects from uh, Gustav. 
Also, uh, if you want a little bit of a midweek update in a video form, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, just search at all Habs on YouTube and you can pull it up there. Uh, every week we put out the Habs Hockey Report. This is hosted by Amy Johnson. Uh, this past week's episode is entitled Five Takeaways from Kent Hughes' uh, Mid-Season Update. Uh, please make sure you're subscribed. Uh, you hit that like button and leave a comment. Uh, Amy Johnson is really great at uh, replying to all the comments. Uh, sometimes she even read reads them on air. Uh, when I've left comments, um, Amy and I have gotten into wonderful discussions about the Montreal Canadiens. So please make sure you check that out and you're subscribed uh, so that you never miss a single episode that comes out every Thursday. Well, we want to do our best to give you all kinds of content in different forms, whether it's uh, the written form uh, on allhabs.net. This is our YouTube channel, at allhabs, uh, search for at allhabs. And uh, Amy puts together uh, a real uh, quick-hitting video, uh, take 10, 12 minutes of your time, and and, uh, she spoke about her five takeaways uh, from Kent Hughes. Um, And then there's our podcast that you can take with you and uh, and listen to uh, wherever you go. Yeah, please make sure you subscribe to both of our Rocket Sports Radio podcasts on your favorite podcast app. Uh, first of all, on the Tuesday, uh, every single week, the Press Zone comes out. You can find that at thepresszone.fm. That's your inside source on all Habs prospects, uh, AHL, Laval Rocket. Uh, uh, we talk a little bit about the Habs prospects on this uh, podcast. Uh, you, If you want to hear a full podcast just on that, uh, the Press Zone is uh, where you're going to find this. Uh, Amy Johnson, Patrick Williams, Rick Stevens make up that team and uh, honestly great listen great topics every single week Uh, I always enjoy listening to that one and of course every Saturday the Canadians Connection podcast which you can find at canadiansconnection.fm that's going to come out year-round this uh, even in the off-season during the summer when a lot of other hockey talk stops uh, we keep it up we'll give you all your Habs updates everything you need to know uh, week to week we give you uh, all the news uh, all the games that happened uh, plus a big topic discussion uh, like we just had in the second segment so please hit that subscribe button never miss a single episode and we are called the canadians connection for a reason um that uh, we may present things a little bit differently we're in a typical um, fan podcast we do have connections uh in the nhl in hockey in general and we try to give you um, information that, that we get from the, the industry uh, experts uh, and pass that on uh, to you in a, 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 a consistent, objective uh, way. Um, I know we're welcoming a, a lot of uh, new users these days. We, we are very happy to have you. Uh, make sure you subscribe in uh, the podcast app that you love to use best. Um, I'm told, I'm told by our <laughs> listeners, uh, and, uh, over the last several weeks, I keep getting texts saying, um, Hey, how come, how come, um, we hear uh, a topic on your podcast on the Canadians connection, uh, first, and then uh, a week or two later, we hear it on all the other podcasts. Well, um, I guess we can thank all of the, uh, the hosts of, of those fan podcasts for tuning in too. We're happy to have you. And if, if we're your inspiration for uh, for uh, content, uh, we're 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 happy to uh, to do that. So we welcome all. Uh, just ask you to subscribe. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that hundred uh, percent. And uh, now I think it's a good time to get our get to our uh, Canadians Connection question of the week. 
Do you approve of the job Kent Hughes has done to manage the rebuild in his first year? Uh, so like I said, please reach out to us. Let us know. Uh, you can use the Rocket Sports text line 5853ROCKET. Uh, reach out to us on social media and on our Facebook uh, page, uh, All Habs Magazine. Uh, Rick, uh, what are your thoughts here? Um, yes, come to facebook.com slash allhabs. That's where more than 50, 52,000, I think, uh, have uh, have liked <laughs> the page and engage in conversation. Good debates, good healthy debates. And uh, and and it's nice to see. We, we get uh, uh, some Leafs fans dropping by, some Bruins fans dropping by, and they're quickly put in their place. Uh, by the Canadians fans who uh, argue uh, and debate uh, better than than any other <laughs> fan in in the National Hockey League, and we're proud to have you on our official uh, All Habs Facebook page. So yeah, continue to put those fans in their place. Uh, we welcome all Canadians fans uh, to our discussion. Uh, just make sure you check us out on Facebook. Uh, so this coming week, uh, the Montreal Canadiens have three games, all within the Atlantic Division. So it's going to be a pretty big deal. And it's a homestand. So starting uh, today, uh, January the 21st, Toronto takes a visit to Montreal. Uh, a couple days later on the 24th, it's Boston versus Montreal. That's always fun. And of course, on the 26th, uh, Detroit comes into Montreal. Uh, so like I said, all Atlantic Division. So the rivalry is going to be on fire and uh, looking forward to see how physical it can get against these teams. Uh, in January, as we as we told you, is going to be a home-heavy schedule. Uh, these are the, the, the last three games of the five-game homestand the Canadians are currently in the midst of. Uh, should, be, uh, should be very exciting. Yeah, so that's going to be a wrap for us today. Thank you all for listening. Uh, please subscribe to Canadians Connection in your favorite podcast app and share on social media if you like what you heard. Enjoy the week. We'll be back here uh, next week, January the 28th, for another great episode. Uh, thank you all for listening to Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.